Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. New York's fan, Sports Radio 1019 FM. The fan, WFAN, New York. It's 9.44 here on this Friday evening. A little late happy hour with J.J. Janji Stremski. We're right here on the fans to help us break down the Week 15 NFL card. A loaded, loaded Saturday in college football. My dude from Sports Grid, the morning after, and a regular for us each and every Friday right here on the fan. We welcome in the great Jared Smith. Smitty, what's happening, dude? How you doing, man? KJ, truly is the most wonderful time of the year. So tonight, it's day two of 18 straight days of football. That includes college football, NFL, and it's through January 11th, which is the night of the natty. So buckle up, because it doesn't stop for the next three weeks. Well, Jared, I love the sound of that. And you know this time of the year means we also get these Saturday games, these standalone specials that I love oh so much. When it comes to the lines in these Saturday games, or in any of these standalone games, do you think these lines are normally more sharp than some of the normal lines you'd see on a Sunday? Yeah, and I think the later in the season, as we've discussed, the sharper they get. So late season primetime, you know, that's the sharpest of the sharp. And and interesting stat, I was actually surprised to see this, but uh, in these Saturday games, the road teams actually do better, over 60% cover rate since 2003. And the road teams have done well this year as well. So maybe that's your inkling right there that maybe the line's just a little bit overvalued to the home side as well. And, you know, right out of the gate, I think we see the dog. We see one home dog. We see one road dog. So it'll kind of split the difference there. But I definitely think at this late stage of the season, the lines are already so sharp. And, of course, the primetime nature of it makes them even sharper. Jared, you know everybody after the last two weeks is big believers now in the Buffalo Bills. They beat San Fran on Monday night. They beat the Steelers in a primetime audience on Sunday. But I look at this spot against Denver. They got New England coming up next week. Uh, It's kind of a sandwich spot. Denver's always a tough place to play. I'm not saying that I'm going to go back to the well and fade the Buffalo Bills again here. But am I crazy to see value in the Broncos getting five and a half points? Not at all. We've discussed this. The Broncos, the word we used, I think, was feisty for Denver. 
and they've got some weapons that really can get after you. I mean, you look at their offense. I, I, I know there's some people here in New York that would take Jerry Judy and Noah Fant and KJ Hamler and Tim Patrick. I mean, you know, those guys can, can catch and run with the football pretty well. So I, I think Denver's going to play well in this game. Obviously, Drew Locke, you're going to get either good Drew Locke or bad Drew Locke. Uh, and, and that's the volatility of, of betting on the Broncos every week. He was good Drew Locke last week against the, a, a pretty poor Panthers uh, defense. And, and the Bills defense has definitely struggled this year at times. Uh, you know, they played better of late, uh, especially played really well, I think, against the Steelers, even though the Steelers beat themselves a lot last week. But listen, both teams are above 500 against the spread this year. So, you know, the Broncos obviously under 500 straight up. So the fact that they've covered more numbers than they haven't, I think, is impressive. I would definitely lean the Broncos here. Uh, I don't know if it's an official play, but it, I, I can't lay it with the Bills on the road. Second game on Saturday, Carolina and Green Bay. I like Carolina, Smitty, so much more when they're in this sort of spot where you're getting a lot of points. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is a great road dog throughout his entire NFL career. And I know Green Bay is getting a lot of love and they're getting a lot of chatter about being the uh, the best team in the NFC. That defense didn't look so hot against the Detroit Lions. And I also crazy to find value in a team that will not be going to the postseason this year. And the line has gone from 9.5 to 8.5. And, and FanDuel, I'm seeing, has it at 7.5 when it comes to Carolina. Yeah, it's moved down a lot, and, and it's that contrarian move we, we, we like to see, or I guess you don't like to see if you're, if you're betting the Packers here in this spot. You get over 80% of the tickets, uh, a lot of the money coming in on Green Bay, but that line continues to drift in the other direction. That raises the initial red flag. Now we look at the game itself. Well, the Packers' offense is, is elite. I mean, first in points, second in total offense, third in net yards per play, but you mentioned it, a little leaky in the back, 20th in their efficiency ratings on defense. Now, the Panthers, despite their 4-9 record, above 500 against the spread this year. Again, we talked about it with the Broncos, sub-500 record overall, above 500 against the number. Uh, but they've been really bad of late. 1-7 over their last eight games. Their only win uh, was against the Lions during that stretch. And in that stretch of seven losses, they've given up over 30 points per game. So I, I certainly think that, that, that Green Bay is going to move the ball in this game. Now, unless there's some fluky things that, that, that go against the Packers, which could certainly happen, uh, I, I expect them to move the ball. But you're right. Teddy Bridgewater, the road dog, that's the, that's the narrative. That's the angle in this game you play. The back door is going to be open at Lambeau all night. I, I like this play better than the Broncos as a dog on Saturday. I think if I had to grade my Saturday dogs, I would grade Panthers 1 and Broncos 2. Saturday dogs. I feel like we're barbecuing back in the middle of the summer. <laughs> I, I mean, it, uh, the can kill for a barbecue and a little football right about now. All right, Smitty. Um, quarterback news. Al Smith out. Dwayne Haskins in. Yet, I'm looking right now, and this line really hasn't moved much for Seattle and Washington. Is that due to the fact that the books kind of took into account Alex Smith was not going to play? Yeah, probably most of that was baked in. He did not look good, and we had our doctor on Monday, and, and you know, the, the, the injury that he suffered, he lost a lot of his calf muscle during the rehabilitation process of the, obviously, the really bad, gruesome surgery. So his calf injury was already weak, and, and that, obviously, is what's been ailing him now, and, and, and they, they already knew that he probably wasn't going to play. Now, so you put Haskins in that spot, and you, you don't really get much of an uh, of an improvement, I would say. Maybe you get a little more arm strength. Maybe you get a little more athleticism. But the decision-making, I don't think, is there. Uh, now, the a, a, kind of ironically, the action pretty split here. I mean, I'm seeing about 64% uh, of the tickets on Seattle, uh, less of the cash on Seattle. So some of the bigger bets are coming in on Washington. And I think it's the same handicap as we've had all season on this Washington team. They're just undervalued 
and they're scrappy and they get after you at the line of scrimmage. Uh, the, the matchup to watch is going to be how Russell Wilson reacts to all of that. We've seen Ben Roethlisberger fail in that role. We've seen a lot of other good quarterbacks fail against this Washington defense this year. I, I think if I had to pick a side here, I actually would take the points because I think it's moved to a point where you just have to lay off of it or you, or you take the points. Home dog, six and a half. I have a feeling this game could be close. Seattle's had some stinky, stinky performances, especially on the road against NFC East teams. Remember what happened against Philly, the Giants. So I'd be careful with this if you just want to back it with Seattle thinking you're getting a reprieve with Alex Smith. We got Jared Smith, our buddy. Check him out on Sports Grid and the morning after. More quarterback news. Uh, Kansas City and New Orleans. No Michael Thomas, but the return of Drew Brees. Smitty, they must feel really good about that line being at three, though. They don't want to move off that, correct? Well, actually, I, I think they might, and I think I, I think really, you think they'll move fan- off at three on that game? Interesting. I, I, well, they moved it to two and a half. So our Fanduel guy came on today and 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 said he thinks it's going to close at two or two and a half. Now, I think the Thomas news was unexpected, and I think that tilted it back in the other direction. So I think what that tells you is the Michael Thomas news was very unexpected. If this line stays at three, then Michael Thomas's news jarred the books a little bit because this line, after Breeze was announced, and I, we do the show in the mornings, you know, when Breeze was announced very early in the morning, it was like 9.30 a.m. this morning, and then all of a sudden it went from three to two and a half, and then it almost touched two, and then Michael Thomas was later in the day, I want to say it was the afternoon, and then it went back to three. So I think the Thomas news was not baked into this cake. And I think it kind of caught the books off guard a little bit. Listen, this is going to be the, probably the biggest bet game of the week. So the books want to get this one right. The Chiefs are getting the lion's share of the money right now. I'm seeing about 90% of the action. Now, at two, I'd be much more enticed to, to budge on Kansas City. I think at three or three and a half, I, I think it's New Orleans or pass for me. Listen, the Chiefs have, are winning games, but they're 0-5 ATS in their last five games. So they're not covering numbers. And I know that game against the Dolphins last week was a little fluky at the end. But the Dolphins had a 10 nothing lead in that game. They had every right to cover that game of the seven and a half. So I would say, you know, Saints is a dog under Breeze have been tremendous, 60%, nine and four ATS at home. So I think that's the way you play it if you're getting the full three. If you want to take the Chiefs, if it gets under three, I think that's where you can look to Kansas City. Smitty, locally, big game for the New York Giants. Who knows what the quarterback situation is going to be? No Bradbury, that's problematic. But I wonder with the Browns, they're coming off this emotional game Monday night against the Ravens. Um, and the Giants been spunky as an underdog all year. Um, it's got to be ugly for the Giants to have a chance. They're going to have to run the ball. But, man, Cleveland is getting juiced here in this game. It's up to six and a half over at FanDuel. Uh, what's your take on Sunday night football with the Browns and the Giants? Yeah, I mean, if the Browns are going to be a heavy public favorite, I, I think you got to take the Giants. I mean, this is like the perfect spot to take the Giants if they if the Browns are getting a majority of the action and we're seeing all this money come in and this line's going to get moved, uh, you know, really far. I I don't. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I I don't know which quarterback gives the the Giants a better chance to win uh, on Sunday. I I honestly don't know. If 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 Colt McCoy plays like he did, I know he wasn't asked to do much. But if he plays like he did in Seattle, I think he might give him a better chance if Daniel Jones is still a little bit balky. And from everything we heard this week, we had one of the Giants team reporters on. I'm sure you've been talking to everyone around town this week. Jones just was a little indecisive. and just didn't really believe in his either his legs or, or what he was seeing. And that's bad for a rookie quarterback, or not a rookie, but, you know, basically a second-year guy that's trying to make it in this league to still – feel a little bit unsettled about things. So I, I am a little concerned about Daniel Jones. I don't know who gives them a better chance to win. Uh, I think the Browns on a short week is clearly the, the, the way you look at Cleveland and, and how do they bounce back from that crazy game 
Uh, I think there's a chance that, that the Giants can, can slow down Cleveland's rushing attack if Blake Martinez is 100%. Uh, and, and honestly, Freddie Kitchens, I mean, I'm fascinated to see what he draws up against his former team. That'll be fun to watch. So I don't think you can lay it on the road with the Browns. This is Giants or pass. Smitty, we'll get to your best bets in a tease momentarily. Uh, this game, though, for me, listen, might be my season with the Miami Dolphins and the line movement and the numbers <laughs> with Belichick against rookie quarterbacks scare the living daylights out of me. Now, the caveat to that is New England played Miami in week one. Brian Flores knows the tendencies of Bill Belichick, and maybe that could counter it to some degree, but I get the sense any sharp player out there sees the line go from two and a half to three, and now it's down to one and a half. And I think the short player is going to be on New England. Is that fair to say? Oh, it's, and uh, do you want me to give you the number? I, do, like, do you know what the numbers are for Belichick against rookie QBs? I can give. Uh, it tell me, please. Lecture me a little bit, please. All right. Well, uh, this actually, I have a couple of stats in this game that that I like bringing some stats to you, JJ. I like to impress when I come on. I the know field. you so, do. You want to show it, off. That's what I exactly. Expect. I don't get a lot of opportunities to come on the fan. You know, it's a big deal for me. Nineteen and five straight up against rookie QBs. Nine straight wins. Nine straight wins. Now a lot of those obviously with Tom Brady. So a little bit of a different handicap, obviously, when you get Cam Newton. Now, here's the part about this case. So you already mentioned that the line movement is contrarian. We, 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 we've, we've mentioned that in a bunch of games so far tonight. You know, you get all the action on one side, but the line moves the other way. That, that, that's pretty textbook at this point. Miami is an anomaly this year, JJ, and I'm sure you know this when you watch them. They don't move the ball that well, but they find a way to score points. And that is not as sustainable as teams that can just move it at a very consistent rate down the field. So the weapons, the offense, the way that they matriculate the ball down the field is a little bit uneven. And, and I think that will run out at some point. And usually good coaches find ways to not make mistakes to give the Dolphins points, like turnovers, special teams, et cetera. And I think the game plan is what they did in week one. I remember texting you during that game. You know, it was a disaster. They couldn't stop the run, 200 yards, 217 on the ground. Like it was a, it was a, it was a bowling ball. But here's the part about the Dolphins that really scares me this week. This was the cherry on top of the Patriots, JJ. So I call it the Chiefs hangover. This season, teams are four and seven straight up, two and nine against the spread the week after facing the Chiefs. And, and that's part of it. And, you know, they had to run around like crazy, and they got Kaseki banged up last week. And now you come back, your season's on the line against New England. And I, I can really see Belichick scheming something up. And it's going to be a close game, low scoring, but I, I, I think New England wins it. All right, let's get to your tease of the week. What are we looking at, Jared? Last week was such an ideal week to tease. I was able to capitalize. I believe you were able to capitalize. What do we got? So I think the Patriots perfect spot one and a half right now. So getting get them the what like seven and a half, eight and a half. I like that. Yeah, that's I like perfect. that. And also, it's a low total game, so the teasers are more valuable when the when the total's lower because if a total's forty, six points is worth more than when a total is sixty. So I think the Patriots are a good spot. I think the Bears might be a sneaky good teaser spot this week. You get that over a touchdown. I don't see Kirk Cousins blowing out uh, anybody right now. And also another good spot, I think the Colts beat the Texans. The Texans looked totally washed last week, and I think the Colts are really starting to find some form on offense. So right now the Colts are at seven and a half at home. You get them through seven and three. I think those are the best teaser spots. So if you want to give me an, I'll give you an official one, we'll go Patriots and we'll go Bears this week. But I think the Colts are another good B option if you're not sold on Mitchell Trubisky. I get it. Some people are very gun-shy about him. I'd be one of those people. I'm always going to say when it comes to Mitch. I'm not going to lie, Smitty. Listen, I see your logic. Don't get me wrong. I see your logic. But when in doubt, I don't go near Mitch. Okay? I'll leave it at that, bro. Now, let's get down to business. Best bets. Week 15. The floor is yours, Smitty. What do we got? 
All right, I hate to say it, but the Patriots are the best bet of the week. I, I, I don't think this is one where I actually got to root against you. I'm not. I'm I, not I used know, to this. and, and I, I, I hate doing it, but I'll be honest. When I scan the board, I try to find. Hey, the money dogs, talks, you know? Smitty. You like them to win. You like them to cover. Take the play, please. Exactly. I, I, I think there's some favorites that I like this week. I think the Steelers bounce back this week. Goodbye, low spot for Pittsburgh. Cincinnati is absolutely dreadful. Big Ben owns Ohio. He owns the Bengals. I have a feeling he's going to come back. And, and, and silence some critics. The Steelers always play better when they're in that underdog role. I know they're not an underdog, but everyone's hopping off the bandwagon. Goodbye, low spot for Pittsburgh on Monday night. I think that Eagles-Cardinals game also flies over the total. I think Jalen Hurts has found something. I think Kyler Murray looks like he's back a little bit healthier. He kind of was in that lull. Now he's back. So I think that game's got some points in it, relatively low total there at 49. So best bets of the week, we'll go Pats, we'll go Steelers, we'll go the over in that Eagles-Cardinals game. And you know what? Let's throw in the Panthers for you, JJ, because I know you're big on the Panthers tomorrow. I like Carolina to keep things close tomorrow, Lambo. That game's going to be fluky. I like we'll have a family play on Saturday night, considering I'm rooting against you on Sunday. And real quick, Smith, <laughs> you got to play one of the big three college games Saturday. Big 10 game, mm. ACC game, SEC game. I give you the option to play one and a side. What's the side? I think it's Northwestern. Uh, I agree I'm, with hearing, you. I'm, I'm hearing some Ohio State COVID rumors. Uh, I don't have anything confirmed yet, but I'm, I think there might be some issues there. They might be missing some guys tomorrow. And I, I got 21, and I hammered it at 21. I, I think Notre Dame-Clemson is going to be a fun game, too. I think there's going to be some points in that game as well. Uh, and I, I would take the points of Florida, too. It's, too. it's too many points. Give me the dogs in the championship weekend, JJ. Go dogs. These games are close. They're fluky. It's 2020. Crazy stuff happens. Jared Smith, check him out morning after, Monday to Friday on Sports Grid alongside Ariel Epstein. Smitty, all the best with the exception of that Patriot play. <laughs> That's where I wish you nothing but the worst, but I love you. Happy it. holidays. We'll chat next week in drive time, okay? I love you, too. Happy holidays to everybody. Good stuff there from our pal Jared Smith. We got more of your calls. We'll run around the league. Get you ready for week 15. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.